has been an awakening. Have you felt it? Yes. Force is strong in my family. What do you mean? My father has it. What did you say? I have it. You liar! And my sister has it. I don't know where you get your delusions, laser brain. I take it back. This is it. Jet. I can hold it. Pull up! No, no. You're listening to the Voice of the Alliance. I'm your host, Gerard Baer, and today I am joined by two fellow admins from the Alliance of Star Wars Fanatics Facebook group. I'm joined by Daniel Leahy. What's up, guys? Good to be here. And also the lovely Joanna Wallace. Hey, how's it going? Fantastic. Looking forward to a good show. Today we have a couple things we are going to talk about. Um, We're going to quick do a Star Wars show and tell first with uh, Daniel and Joanna then we're going to get into some of the Han Solo news from, from the week and then uh, talk about some literature, EU books stuff like that So, um, I guess we'll uh, give it to Daniel first you can tell us what kind of cool stuff you picked up alright so I got, a, I got a lot of cool stuff in the mail recently the coolest thing to me and my favorite my favorite prop that I own currently is a uh, a replica of the Death Star plans from Rogue One, and you guys can't see this, but we're, we're seeing it on Skype right now. It's uh, it's from Pew Pew Crafts, which is a uh, an Etsy store, and I believe this was a one off run. They might do another one because they were so popular. Um, it's it's super high quality; like you can't tell the difference from screen to this. Um, in some ways, these might even be better, actually. Uh, it's the nice. scene. It's from the the one from the Vader scene. If anyone's curious, like those. Uh, those Death Star plans. So I think it was so cool. I love it. Um, I got to make a little shadow box display case for it sometime nice. soon. But I just wanted to share that because it's such a great product and it's so screen accurate. So it cost me, I think, 55 Totally worth it. Would have paid more. So that's Buy what I got. <laughs> nice. Yeah, there's actually uh, quite a few of those on Etsy. <clears throat> I, I got one that's kind of shiny. Yeah. Um, it looks good. You know, it looks the best to me. I'm probably going to age it, weather it a bit. Um, but, uh, this last week I got a, uh, Han Solo Hot Toys and, uh, it was my first Hot Toys and it is amazing. <laughs> like it, it looks so good. Like it just makes me want to cry. Um, and I did like an unboxing video of it where I, I broke his hand. <laughs> <laughs> so I felt so dumb, but you know, there's extra ball joints. So I was able to fix it and it's all good. But, uh, yeah, I am addicted and I want all of them. I want them all too. Those are pretty cool. We saw them at Celebration. All that yeah. stuff they had down there. That and of was... course, the one I wanted, they were all sold out of everything. No no yeah. Vader stuff. But Yeah. That was one of the, the places that I went by every day at Celebration because I was just in awe. Like, everything that they had there at Sideshow was just amazing. Yeah. So. Ton- tons I, of good stuff there. I was super... Uh... I was super disappointed in not being able to go to Celebration just for that. Like, to just look around and see all that cool stuff. Super jealous of you guys. Yeah, one of the one of the panels we sat through, uh, that uh, upcoming toy panel. Mm-hmm. Oh, that was great. That was that was cool. That's what Jimmy won all that stuff. <laughs> yeah. The guy, uh, he walked out of there with a bunch of bunch of free Star Wars stuff, so a bunch of new toys. Yeah, and uh, Gerard and I, we, we had tickets, and we both had 
the numbers called like one before and one after are two oh. numbers. And we were both just like, ugh. Yep. And then Jimmy's just like, da, da, da. Like he, he won easily like $200 worth of stuff. Oh yeah, absolutely. Like well, Japanese stuff. Oh so, really? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Like the SH figure arts stuff. Um, and then uh, like an ATAT model kit. So yeah, it was pretty cool stuff. Yeah, I love it. We need I love to, it. we need to do a we need to do a reminisce about Star Wars show eventually. <laughs> yeah, it was Make, amazing. But so, um, you did get that Han Solo, huh? That's he looks awesome. I know. I'm in love. Yeah, I love how good the face looks. Like I know. for me, that's that's so huge because like. Man, I love Black Series figures as much as the next guy, but the faces are just not, they're just not there. They're no, so the faces far. are like always jacked. Yeah. Like my, always. like Ahsoka does not look like Ahsoka Ahsoka is actually one of the better looking ones in my is, opinion. You like, think so? Like they do pretty well with like aliens and like armor and stuff, but like. That's true. The the thing that I noticed when um, I repainted the Ray Black series was when I took the paint off, I was like, the sculpt is actually really good with this. Yeah. And they actually, like, scan in the actors and, you know, so the sculpt is there. It's just, they you can't mass produce, like, a high quality paint job. Yeah. Especially that small. They yeah. look a lot better now. Look at the original 1977 Han Solo. It looked more like Adam Driver than Harrison Ford. <laughs> That's true. We shouldn't <laughs> complain. He yeah. literally, it couldn't look any less like Harrison Ford. Yeah. Also, lightsabers came out of their arms. That's not screen accurate at all. <laughs> and they were yellow. Yeah, right? Yes, but you know what? They were very tough to lose, which was good. True, true. But they were weird. They had like the base and then halfway up, they had the little little skinny little thing that would flop around and bend. Yeah. <laughs> so, yes, they've they've come a long way with toys, that's for sure. Thankfully, yeah, we're spoiled. So, do you want to get to the big news this week? Yeah, considering you have a nice little segue there, you've got your Hot Toys Han Solo. Yeah. So, um, yeah, we, we, we have a new director. The amazing and talented Ron Howard is taking over the Han Solo film. Um, very unexpected, yeah. But as as details come out, it seems like it it was a good move. What do you guys think? It's it's one of those things like hindsight's 2020 where like you you look back on it and you think, you know, where where could we have seen issues? And when you look back on Celebration and how there was nothing about yeah, Han Solo. Nothing. And it's and it was a year out at that point. And I mean, usually we're getting at least a trailer a year out and there's just no news, nothing like I, did Lord and Miller even go to Celebration? No, there was absolutely no Han Solo presence there. Yeah. I was expecting at least like a panel. And when, you know, they, they were really late with releasing what the panels were going to be. Mm-hmm. And I was like, where's the Han Solo panel? Like, what's going on? There was no Han Solo presence like at all. So it was, yeah, you're you're right that hindsight's twenty twenty. There, These issues must have been going on for a while. Yeah. And with how quickly Ron Howard came aboard, like they they must have been talking to him. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised so. if we got this news a little later than it actually got decided. Like like if Ron Howard's oh. been involved for a few weeks already. I, I, I would oh, think yeah. this would was have, decided yeah. like three four weeks ago, and because um, they're you know they're ready to go. What are they shooting on the? Picking up on July 10th, they're going to start shooting yeah. again? Yeah. And then they have reshoots so. in August, which it might just turn into like a whole giant chunk of shooting, depending on what they need to reshoot. So, yeah. yeah. I know that that's one thing that, that scared me is like I read I read an article that was like inside inside Lucasfilm or production people talking about the issues and how at some points his perform Alden Ehrenreich's performance was like Jim Carrey's. And like, that's what Lord Miller wanted. And I was like, no, yeah. like why? That is not... That's not okay. That's not going to be good. Yeah, so. I I read that they were kind of going for like a zany, wacky oh. type of buddy film. And it's like, Han Solo has his moments, but he's not zany or wacky. I mean, look at Harrison Ford. Harrison Ford's basically playing himself. No, he's a salty, are- salty... <laughs> He'd fit right in in, a, in our admin chat because he's just a <laughs> sarcastic... Yeah. yeah but... It's, 
zany and wacky are two words I would not use to describe either Harrison Ford or Han Solo at all. Yeah. So How about this? I, With I, Lord and Miller, if Kathleen Kennedy's saying, you know what, this isn't working out, you need to change the way you're doing it, why would you say anything other than yes, I'll change the way we're doing it so we can stay with the project. I, I just, I don't understand why they wouldn't take it from that wacky type of comedic style and just kind of get in line and yeah. find a, find a middle ground. Cause I'm sure that it just, it, it makes no sense to me that they wouldn't try to adapt to what they wanted, but yeah. And yeah. you know, now they're gone. Yeah. So, um, I also read that that Lawrence Kasdan, you know, championed them yeah. for this job, and some of well, a lot of the frustrations were based on him and his relationship with them, and them wanting to change the writing. And I mean, you don't mess with Lawrence Kasdan's writing; like, you just don't. No, you don't <laughs> so, at all. I yeah, mean, he wrote two of the best screenplays of all time. You know, like mm-hmm. you don't. You know, and he knows he he says this. He knows Han Solo better than Han Solo knows Han Solo, which is true. He knows yeah. it better than anyone. And ah, the fact that they wouldn't play ball just man, that upsets me because I loved the Lego movie and all the some of uh Lord Miller's other work, and I thought it'd be a really cool set of new directors to, you know, have like a different tone to the film. It, it, mm-hmm. and not have like a dark Rogue One. Even Force Awakens gets super dark to me at the end. You know, and have like a positive Han Solo story with, you know, some antics and everything, but it's still Star Wars, you know? And I thought they would yeah. be able to do that. And man, I'm, I'd be a liar if I said I wasn't disappointed in how this worked out. Because I really wanted to see their Han Solo movie. So, yeah. I don't know. Yeah. yeah. And it seems like, you know, there's, there's, I mean, no like pun intended, there's a lot of dark and light in Star Wars. Mm-hmm. And it seems like they're trying to go a little too light. Yes. Um, and and that would have really felt cheap to me. Mm-hmm. So um, I, I really hope Ron Howard can can bring the uh, emotional depth and and direct everything. Um, so it's it's a well balanced Star Wars movie. Yeah, I mean, with Rogue One, they had humor. They had some amazingly funny stuff that mm-hmm. like almost laugh out loud. But it wasn't you wouldn't think of it as a comedy. Yeah. But it had you know those those bits of levity and. You know, it, it fit well. You know, it's a dark subject, but, you know, you have a little bit of laughs thrown in there. And, you know, there's, there's no reason you can't have, you know, a serious movie or a movie with a dark tone and still have a little bit of humor in it. Mm-hmm. And, oh, yeah. Like last night, I, I watched Willow to prepare for this because that's a Lucasfilm movie and Ron Howard directed it. Um, so. Sorry, that's my cat. Um, <laughs> so, uh, sorry. We can, Is it dying? No, he's just he's just very vocal. Um, <laughs> Do you have an extra pair of headphones? Let's get them on. <laughs> um. So yeah, so I, I watched Willow last night to prepare for this because you know it's it's a Lucasfilm movie. It was directed by Ron Howard. Um, you know, George Lucas was the executive producer. So I was like, okay, this can kind of give me a taste of kind of what to expect for the Han Solo movie. And I haven't, I haven't watched Willow for a super long time, but I thought it was a really well-balanced movie. Like it's dark. It's really dark, but there's also a lot of humor in it. A lot of physical gags. Um, he he just he did a great job with it. Yes, it's kind of dated, but the overall direction is is just it's fantastic. I've never seen Willow, but I <gasps> I, I I know, I know, but I'll Damn. watch it. I'll watch yeah, it. Yeah, dude, you you should watch it. I mean, um I was listening to now this is podcasting this last week and they described it. They're like it's it's a Star Wars movie. It, I mean, it is. Mm-hmm. It's 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 got a lot of light and dark elements to it. Um, you know, there's there's a hero's journey. There's a wizard. Uh, you know, um, let me pull out my notes and. Yeah, I was listening to that early this week. I heard those guys talking about it. Yeah. It does have a lot of a lot of similarities. Mm-hmm. And I mean, it was written by George Lucas. Yeah. I I don't. So, I don't I've I've seen I think every George Lucas 
produced film except that one. So I wonder why I've never even watched that. Even Howard the Duck? I've watched Howard the Duck. (laughs) (laughs) I've only seen I don't hate it. I don't hate Howard the Duck. I went into it with the lowest expectations, so it was just another it was just another fun movie to me. It's weird, it's out there. Um all right, yeah, what so what I think about the Ron Howard choice is uh, at face value it's it's easy and it's safe. But that's Yeah. But and safe isn't it, it gets a negative connotation in this business because you know, people don't want to watch safe movies. You know, they want cuz The Force Awakens you could call safe. You know, they didn't get too yeah. crazy with with subject matter, too wild with the lore. They they stayed very true to everything, which I thought was smart. But with Han Solo the word safe to me in this context is you need to rescue the project. Like you need someone that can, you know, rein everything in. And with Ron Howard's range that he has in, in what he can do, like in a span of three years or uh, what is it? Eight years. He did backdraft, how the Grinch stole Christmas, the a beautiful mind, Cinderella man, the Da Vinci code. Like, like that's so much different different genre in there i mean it's it's beautiful what he can do so i'm excited he's he's gonna be able to take this in the direction that i think kaz and lucasfilm want he'll be able to do humor he'll be able to get the drama in he's a really uh he's a really nice director he's good at you know calming things down and having a good presence which is much needed especially with the chaos that lucasfilm has gone through with this film so i'm i'm very excited about the new direction and I, I probably feel better about, about the project now than I did before. So, which I know I, w- interesting... I, I wouldn't have said that four days ago before I knew Ron yeah. Howard was coming in. But yeah, he's. I think he's a really good choice. I'm. I'm excited about it. He's an interesting choice because he's. He's a you know he's made a statement that he's been around since the beginning. They were working in the early '70s on American Graffiti, mm-hmm. with Harrison mm-hmm. Ford too. Yeah. And he remembers George talking about this fun little sci-fi movie he was, you know, working on, and uh, come to find out he's going to be directing one of them. You know, all these years later, um, he he went to see the initial, well, the original Star Wars in '77, and he was completely floored by it. And him and his wife, he said, he got back in line, waited 90 minutes, went and saw it again. So, I mean, the dude's been a fan since star was was born so yeah um i you know it's it's not like he's just some guy with a you know a great resume he's got a good resume and he's also a huge star wars fan from what i gather so Mm -hmm. i think that um you know it there's nothing wrong with at this point playing it safe because they kind of took a gamble and apparently it didn't pay off so um you know they've got three quarters of the film done um, they'll do reshoots. He'll get in. He'll put a spin on it. I'm sure he'll be spending time in the editing room. And um, I have, I have no, I have no personal doubt that this movie is not going to be a great movie. Yeah, same. And uh, you know, I I think that yes, he's a safe choice, but we do need safe. There's a lot of people who aren't on board with this movie at all. Mm -hmm. They don't want to see a young Han Solo. They're just not interested to them. Harrison Ford is the only Han Solo. So yeah, you got to play it safe here. Yeah. It's to me, I'm, I'm one of those people that when I heard Han Solo movie, I was like, dude, what are you doing? And it made, it made sense because he, he's a, the fan favorite character, him and Vader. There's, there's no question about it. They're the top two. So people want to see him. Vader's just, number one. We, <laughs> we just got him. He just got killed. Han Solo just got killed. Spoiler. Sorry if you guys don't know. He dies. Um, I doubt that somebody who didn't know that would be listening to this. <laughs> I actually I actually really hope I just spoiled someone. I would find that really funny. Uh, so so it made sense for all those people that are, were devastated. Like I know our buddy Rui was so pumped to hear about a Han Solo movie because he loves Han Solo and he wanted more of it. Mm-hmm. So I, I understand that. I was just, I was just like, man, you're gonna, if you do this wrong, it's gonna go so wrong. And so I thought the risk wasn't worth it, in my opinion. But apparently, Alden Ehrenreich's take on Han Solo is amazing. Yeah, so, I've been hearing a lot of that too. So yeah. that I'm, I'm excited to see him as Han Solo. Mm-hmm. Um, I was really expecting to at least see like a still 
of him at Celebration. So I'm I'm really hopeful that we'll get something at D23 or Comic-Con coming up. At least something. Mm-hmm. Um, especially with this bombshell news that... Um, oh, you know, yeah, for, they'll have for, to give us something. Yeah, for people that just react, you know, um, just general... Just fans in general who aren't, like, deep into it like we are and, you know, have a podcast and talk about it... Um, they're probably just like, oh no, this movie's gonna be really bad. Just like with the Rogue One reshoots, they're like, oh no, this is this is gonna be bad. Yeah. Um, so they they need to put something out there to just kind of reassure the general public, the general audiences, to just say, no, this is this is fine. We're on track. No big deal. Calm down. Do you guys think that at the height of the drama? Because I feel like we're we're already coming down from this. Like things are, you know, this wound's healing pretty quick in the fandom, at least from my perspective, do you think at the height of the drama, there was more concern with Rogue One or with this movie? I think Rogue One. Yeah. I agree. When, I, I agree. Remember when they said they were coming out with the reshoots, which thank God they mm-hmm. did those reshoots. Cause that gave us that last minute and 31 seconds, yeah. which is the best <laughs> yeah. minute yeah. and 31 seconds of I've ever seen in my entire life. The most emotional scene of a movie I've ever watched in my entire yeah. life. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> The last anyway. few minutes of that movie, just I I feel all the range of human emotions. It's yeah. it's so intense. Um, not not to get off subject, but when I saw that when I saw Rogue One that Thursday night first time, mm-hmm. I'm waiting, I'm waiting, I'm you know waiting for more Vader, and I'm like, you know what? I pulled up my phone and I clicked record. I hope I don't get in trouble for this, but I clicked record <laughs> as soon as the screen went black. And half a second after I hit record, the red saber lights up, and I got that whole sequence at the end. And I swear I must have watched that a hundred times that night. It was freaking <laughs> awesome. It's it's the quintessential scene in Star Wars to me. Like it, it just it's that whole sequence of Vader, you know, wrecking shop, and then Leia getting the plans. That is just so freaking Star Wars. It's unreal. Like it, it just yeah. And it shows everything that Vader can do, like all of his abilities. He just he does it all in like thirty seconds. I love it. Yeah, yeah. So and it was it, great. It, you know, every, everyone was like, they had their theories of why he was so slow in uh, A New Hope, mm-hmm. fighting Obi Wan. Maybe he was sore. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe he was sore after you know chopping up all those rebels. Maybe he was sore. Yeah. All right. Yeah. So let's. Uh... <laughs> So he's so, getting old. That's why. That's why I wanted to bring that up because Joe mentioned those those Rogue One reshoots, and to me, there's definitely like with Ron Howard being chosen, it's like it it feels so safe to me. Like everyone's like, oh, thank goodness, like we're we're it's going to be okay. But with Rogue One, people were freaking out until they were you know the credits rolled. Still, you know, in December, I mean, we 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 had no idea what we were going to see. So I I definitely. It's so weird because I had so much doubt in this movie, and now I feel so good about it. And Rogue One, it was just worse. Like, the, the drama and the fandom was just worse, and I can't explain why that is. Maybe it's because we know how good a product they produced. Yeah, it's yeah. the first. It was a first standalone film. Yeah. You had yeah. people that were just going to trash it no matter what until it came out. Mm-hmm. It came out, and it was fantastic, and mm. people still trashed it. So yeah. um, <laughs> I think a little of that vitriol is kind of dying off a little bit people are realizing that things are hey you know things aren't all terrible and um <laughs> yeah you know, i'm digging it you know yeah keep, i think keep firing them out you know i'm gonna go see them all and buy toys and all that yeah, yeah. i think as as we get further on um in this era of star wars you know revival people are gonna get more confident People are, are just going to be like, oh, yeah, it's it's Star Wars. It's going to be good. Um, just in general. Um, you know, we've had a lot of, of judgment for both Rogue One and The Force Awakens. And I think it's just going to gradually just die down more and more. Mm-hmm. And, and it, I think it's really unfair because, like, Star Wars are, like, the most harshly judged movies ever. 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 So, you know, just the tiniest thing. People are like, oh, that was stupid. I didn't like that. Whereas, yeah. you know, you, you see just like, just the general like garbage movies that come out every, every year. And people are like, oh yeah, no big deal. Like, it's I, funny. I, I didn't see it, but like Boss Baby, like that just, 
that movie looked just looked terrible to me. Uh, but I didn't hear anyone being like, "Oh, that movie," just picking it apart and shredding it up. And you know, yes, it's a kids' movie, but like essentially, so are Star Wars movies. Yeah, so. yeah. Well, Danny said it last week, and I feel like I almost need to say it every single week: is that nobody hates Star Wars more than Star Wars fans. Yes, <laughs> it's it's um probably it's the true, most. Man honest thing that i've heard in a long time yep and the best thing about joe you hit it on the head like the best thing about them them getting getting further along in that hate that hate you know getting less and less especially with you know more confidence in projects as great projects keep coming out is they're going to be able to take more creative risks so like in which i like because that means we're getting different new challenging star wars content so that's one thing I look forward to. I know with Rebel season four, it's going to get crazy. I think seasons, I think the entire show of Rebels is an incredible creative risk just based on the timeline it's in and the characters they've used. But I think it's it's paid off and it's been great. So I, that's one thing I look forward to is those little, those little touches. And we'll be able to get some more wild anthology films because when you look at the, the grand scheme of the ones we know about, you know, it's, it's Rogue One. And then Han Solo. Those are two fairly safe subjects, in my opinion. Yeah. And then probably Obi-Wan or, you know, I, what was the, what are the other anthology films that we've heard the, rumors for? The, the Boba the Bounty, Fett rumor. The yeah. Bounty Hunter one. I think I that, sounds, that sounds cool, though. Like a group of I, Bounty Hunters, like Ocean's Eleven that, Bounty yeah. Hunters. That That'd would be, be but really, really cool. I got to see an Obi-Wan movie before that. I want an Obi-Wan trilogy. Ewan McGregor like, is. Really? He is, I, he's I, down. I don't know if I want three of them. I think I think we could pull it off. I just want Obi Wan. There's a I 20 year stretch Obi-Wan. where you know from the end of Revenge of the Sith yeah. to Did he wasn't just ever, sitting around um, looking at you know Uncle Owen the whole time. He must have done some stuff. <laughs> He's just creeping for 20 yeah. years. Um, did you guys ever read Kenobi? I did the EU book. I yeah. I've read uh, an abridged version of it. Okay. It's fantastic. Um, mm-hmm. You know, we could have, you know, you could uh, actually save that for later. Okay, mm-hmm. for the next. Segment. So, mm-hmm. so kind of back on these anthology films, like what what do you guys want to see? Because we're supposed to hear about it. I think they they, they were supposed to decide on it this month. Yeah, and that's right. I'm kind of expecting them to announce it at either D23. Well, I I would think that it would make sense for them to announce it at D23. Um, or Comic Con. So, what what do you guys want to see? What do you think I want to see? You want to see a Vader movie? I How about a Vader trilogy? We already have two <laughs> Vader trilogies. He needs to be in every movie, dude. He has two comics. He's in Rebels. He, he... It's never ever enough for Gerard. Oh. No, it's not. What I was I was a little kid, and when he came on the screen, it was just like love slash hate at first sight man i i can't get enough vader yeah but so as far as other anthology movies vader, yeah. yeah what, what i would what do you I, see? I would love an obi-wan even if it's just a movie an obi-wan movie something yeah. um i gotta know what that guy was doing for that that 20 year stretch i mean and, and ewan's he's the perfect age to do it mm-hmm. he's psyched to do it you know um i think it'd be crazy if they don't but who knows? He's gone um, into Lucasfilm. I mean, we know this. Like he yeah. he's gone oh, yeah. into their offices. So like it's he probably calls Kathleen Kennedy once a week. He's like, oh, so are we doing the movie yet? We ready? We're we gonna do that movie. Yeah. I would. Well, the rumor the rumor on the street is they're planning on having some Obi Wan lore throughout the rest of the sequel trilogy, and they're saving the Obi Wan movie until after that's completed, so that which they're... would be perfect because it's twenty twenty for the next yeah. Yep. anthology film yeah and i'd wait so, I'd, i mean i'd wait 15 years for another another obi-wan film if it took that long you know i can't so, wait that long also, like, <laughs> i might, these, I might not be alive these anthology films are going backwards all of them are going backwards so oh that's true it it would make sense for them to go backwards in that era of obi-wan on tatooine so, you know what would be another great one and we'll talk about this book later Plagueis would be a great movie. Oh, I I couldn't disagree with you more, dude. I love really? Darth, Darth Plagueis to me is the greatest single piece of work in the EU. But 
and a lot of it's been recanonized, and that's a conversation for a different uh, a different time. But, dude, I... you don't even have to change that story. Just no, you take don't. It you and, don't, and let it let that become canon, and make a movie about that. See the, the or thing at least is, incorporate though, it into something else. That, that story's fantastic. There, there's where you get that that issue of creative creative freedom. Because if you give someone that subject, they're gonna want to change stuff and and you make it. If Plagueis, Plagueis is not gonna be the same character as he is in the book if they do that. Because because think about it. For us to read, he's a, he's a great character to read about because he's intellectually stimulating. He's this you know loner scientist banker like in the shadows sith lord it's that will that will not translate well to film you know that's boring maybe not you know so like i mean the palp the young palpatine stuff like that would be awesome but ah, plagueis like it's such a huge that novel's big man like that is a big book i mean you and i love trust me i love darth plagueis in that book it's my favorite thing but i think translating it to film There'd be yeah. a lot of stuff lost in translation. You know, I guess you're right. It's it's um like the Revenge of the Sith that book. Yeah, yeah. Like, that's Danny's favorite book, like of all time. He says, even outside of Star Wars, and I can't. You know, it's it's probably right up there with me as well. Mm-hmm. Um, I still that, have not read it. Oh, that <laughs> the, after reading that book, you will have a, such a different um viewpoint on the movie Revenge of the Sith. And it also makes you think a long movie, which it was, it should have been about an hour and a half longer. Yeah. Mm. And you know, them referencing the dragon, what's going on in Anakin's head. It it doesn't that transition doesn't happen so quick. So mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. I, then again, taking a book and translating it into a movie can be difficult because you can't have a four hour movie because most people aren't gonna go see that. I mean Star Wars geeks would go see a Star Wars movie, but um yeah, I guess I guess trying translating Plagueis into a movie might be a challenge. I haven't really thought about it. I just Maybe love the story. A series. I I really want to oh, see a Star yeah. Wars series, like a Netflix series. Yeah, something that happens before um, the Phantom Menace. Mm-hmm. You, know, you know, go, go I, way I, back. I actually think that as as they get further along in this new era, and as we mentioned before, like them taking more risks, I I do think that we're gonna see a pre-phantom menace movie eventually yeah even even like a a trilogy i don't know i think that that would be fantastic that's where i i think there's a natural it's a natural stepping point between that we finished the sequel trilogy and they they've said they've wanted to wait until doing another trilogy after that and you kind of you have to have a a gap like there has to be some time starting the market yeah and the actors have to age too you know they you can't just have them be well here's a whole new trilogy you know 20 years from now but they're only five years older so yeah and obviously they can do stuff with makeup and all that but i think it would be a great opportunity to do an older public thing like really get away from everything we know get wild with it you know go off and whatever era they're they're setting up so much older public stuff right now so i think it would be a natural progression i mean it would be so cool they they could get so creative with that with sith army and jedi and it would just be a great trilogy that's what i want yeah i mean anything with force users and lightsabers you're gonna it's gonna make money Mm -hmm. yeah and it will introduce a lot of people that don't know anything about all of that part of the star wars universe to that and oh totally just just like the the prequel tw- trilogy introduced like a whole new era of like what the jedi look like how they act like how big it was like mm-hmm. the the prequel trilogy really changed what a jedi is because we only saw like obi-wan yoda vader and luke mm-hmm. originally and then we see all these like awesome jedi like flipping and just really epic lightsaber combat like how would how can we introduce you know the or or i should say we should introduce a whole different era of what the jedi can be and can look like yeah Mm -hmm. i mean what we Mm -hmm. saw in the in the original trilogy is we saw you can force choke you can throw boxes around you can lift up an x-wing and you can Mm -hmm. reach out and have your your lightsaber Force yeah, lightning. we did see force lightning, yeah. um, but and that's it. It was, but it was awesome. But yeah, then you got the you know with the prequel trilogy, 
it just gets multiplied by a factor of you know a hundred. It was mm-hmm. yeah. You made a good point, Joe. It was that stuff was just the flipping around and and it, Attack of the Clones when Yoda comes limping in, goes complete badass on Dooku, mm-hmm. and then when he's done, he starts limping away again. It's like oh, that was yeah. Up until the end of Rogue One, that was one of my favorite scenes in all of mm-hmm. uh, all, all the Star Wars movies because it was. You know, another thing you've you yeah. just saw old, decrepit, you know, snarky, salty Yoda, and then to see him, you know, take out his little green lightsaber and go bananas was pretty sweet. Yeah, and I mean, not to go too further into this because I know we need to move along, but the the Clone Wars also really introduced um, a new faction of how the Jedi and the Force work. Like we got different types of Force users in the Clone Wars, and that was yeah. amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, the Night Sisters, um, Maul. Uh, the 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 uh, the Mortis arc. Yes, the Mortis arc. Thank Mortis you. Mortis is uh, so so um, wicked awesome. So oh. I I really want to see more of just the the oh and Rogue One. Duh, we mm-hmm. we we get to see yeah. the the Guardians of the Wills. Like I love seeing just all these different facets of, of how the Force works and how different cultures and tribes use it. And I. I I, I just, Do- Donnie I Yen is one notch be- He's one notch below a Jedi in my mind. I'm going to, and Daniel's shaking his head. Joe's probably like, shut up. I'm no. telling you, I think he's shooting stuff down. With, he's, dude's blind. And Dude, he checks. They they explain this visually in the film. He checks the wind with his finger. He like licks his finger and like checks the wind. And then right, like. Do me a favor. Go, go outside and lick your finger and then check the wind and see if you can hit something. <laughs> yeah, but he's been blind his whole life. He's used to this stuff, you know? He's yes, got the his force. Other senses I just, are, are heightened. I yeah, just man. want to believe that he's force sensitive. <laughs> it is a little. what I want to believe. It is a little OP, though, because he shoots it point blank and it hits the, this, the turret. Probably oh, we argue about this like every other day in the chat. But, like, all right, so speaking about, like, we got a little bit of the Old Republic in EU. So, speaking of that, uh, I want to segue into our next segment. Uh, we got a lot of great feedback on the Towswift Facebook page. Thank you, everyone who commented questions. Uh, those are really awesome. We're going to try to answer as much of those as we can. Um, yeah, the the question that I think we would want to talk about, or at least one of them, is Amanda Reynolds wrote a comment or wrote a question down about what we would recommend for books from the yeah. EU for someone who's new to it. So. You know, imagine somebody's never read a book, Star Wars book before. They're getting into, you know, new canon. What do we want to recommend to for them to read? That's a good question. Yeah, um, I'll start off. Like I, I mentioned before, Kenobi is great. Um, it's been years since I, I read any EU just because we're getting so much new canon out. And that's kind of where my time goes. But um, I remember really loving Tatooine Ghost. Have you guys read that one? No. What is that? Is that a novel? Yeah, so it's it's um Leia and Han go to Tatooine and um it's it's kind of like they're they're looking for oh it's been years they're looking for like um an Alderanian painting that's done in like moss or something um because there's like a secret code that the rebellion or the new republic needs in it. So they go undercover um you know they go to this art auction um, at the art auction, they end up seeing um, a photo of the uh, Bunta Eve winner, you know, the first human. So it's like little Anakin. And I and I, it's like Kidster sells it too. So what? Like, yeah. <laughs> but while they're there, um, she, she ends up going to the Lars homestead and um, they find Shmi's like video journal. And it's it's what? really good. So like she she gets to like know her grandmother in a way. That is um, wild. Yeah, it's 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 a really good book. I remember like several points just being like, oh my gosh, like tearing up. Um, so yeah, th- those are my two off the top of my head. What about you guys? I'll tell you, I'll tell you my experience with EU books is I read something must have been late 80s early 90s i think it was it was a boba fett book i had not wanted i didn't want to read any of that stuff because to me it wasn't from george lucas so i was just like ah you know it's not real star wars to me and that's just kind of how i felt about it mm-hmm. and after we started the group a couple of years ago 
and talking to Steve about different movies and, and books and things like that, I started listening to them. I Up until two years ago, I had not read any of that stuff. I had never read mm-hmm. Plagueis. I never read any of it. So I, I started with the Thrawn trilogy, um, yeah. which was, it was it was great. I loved it, you know, and, and while I'm, and actually I listened to it, I didn't read it. Yeah. Um, which is great. Star Wars audiobooks are, yes. the so production good. quality is good. The, if, if you can, if you have the chance to listen to the audiobook instead of reading it, I, I would highly recommend it. Cause yeah. it's, you just feel like you're there. The music, the sound effects, um, Mark Thompson and Jonathan yeah, Davis are like Mark two Thompson. best readers. Yeah. Love those guys. Um, Side note but, with that, um, you know, a lot of people really hate on the Aftermath trilogy. And I remember before it came out reading excerpts that were released, and I had a really hard time with the the style of it. But the audiobooks translate so well because they're almost um, for it's almost like a like a, a radio play. If you remember, yeah. like those old NPR radio plays yeah. where they're they're. I mean, I think Chuck Wendig did a great job with those books, but I can totally see how some people have a hard time with them. But the audio just really saved it for me yeah so i love those books yeah, yeah i mean that's that's the way to go to i love them you know thrum was mm-hmm. great then i listened to plagueis and listening to that story was just amazing and i'm like man i wish i had listened to this stuff before um lords of the sith was another one i could remember the name of it earlier daniel helped me out but that was pretty cool vader and palps yeah working listening, together doing those audiobooks it's you're not listening to a book you're experiencing it and that's what I love about it. You know, when there's a battle scene, you can hear battle sounds in the background yeah. while they're describing. Yeah. Like it's it's just super cool. So oh, I, yeah. uh, let's see. For me, I when someone asks me what, you know, oh, what 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 Star Wars books should I read? Like, what are some of the cool ones? And I'm like, well, what are you into? So I'll usually ask them that. Yeah. But what I try to start people off with is I try to get them away from the movies. Like, like yeah, these are you know these are your eight movies. This these eras, you know, but. I want to get you away from that. I want to like just show you how big this universe actually is. So I usually start people off with the Darth Bane trilogy, um, mm. uh, reading it especially because it is to me it's my favorite trilogy of books for sure. Um, and and that's that's hard with how many great ones there are. But it's Old Republic. It's a thousand years before Phantom Menace, and it sets up so much of the lore that happens in the prequels and throughout mm. the original trilogy. So it's all, it translates really well to the films for people. Um, and so that's a, that's a great group of books I like to like to throw at people. Um, let's see, I'm trying to think of another one that I would recommend. Because a lot of people come to me too and they're like, well, what about like the Clone Wars and prequel trilogy era? And right now in canon, there isn't a ton. And I don't want to give yeah. people stuff like, that straight up has been retconned. You know what I mean? Cause then they're like, yeah. Oh, but this didn't happen anymore. And I'm like, eh, yeah, it's complicated. Yeah. So for now it's really dark disciple. Is there any, I'm trying to think of other ones besides comics. Nothing's coming to mind. Yeah. It, they, they really need to, they need to write a few more prequel, prequel era books. I think they'll eventually get to it. I mean, they spent yeah. like 15 years really fleshing out that era. They did. Before, That's um, true you know, kind of retconning it. So, and, and right now, like, their focus is really, like, the sequel trilogy. Um, and, I mean, they're going back a little bit. Um, I'm really looking forward to the Young Reader Leia book. Yes. I love Claudia Gray. Oh, my gosh, I love She's her. so good. She oh. is... you, like, you like Princess Leia, Joanna? Oh, just a bit. <laughs> just a little. Yeah, Claudia Gray. Blood, see, uh, there's a good one. Bloodline. If if you have not read Bloodline or listened to it, I recommend listening to oh, it. Actually, yeah. Um, but that's it, canon. It is yeah. canon. Yeah, still good. Yeah, so good, and it sets up Force Awakens so well. And a cool tidbit yeah. uh, for those of you that are listening that don't know this: Ryan Johnson wrote a section of the book, like not a huge one, but he had he had Claudia include a few things, and he personally wrote part of it too. And so that's going to, part of that book is going to directly translate into episode eight. And I don't know which part yet. That's yeah. kind of cool. Cause we don't know what he, what he wrote. So yeah. that's a cool, uh, cool, like inner, like some inside baseball that you'll be able I to didn't follow. Even, I didn't know that. Yeah. Oh really? Yeah. It's yeah. a, it's a cool little, it's a cool little fun fact, man. I mean, personally with, with bloodline, I think to me, that's the best Leia has been written in both the EU and the canon. Just, I feel like in the EU, she was kind of given disservice because she's either 
uh, too political, too motherly, too snarky. Um, mm-hmm. and, and a lot of times I felt like she was really unremarkable in the EU. Um, it just didn't seem like her. Like, there, I, I, I don't think she was that great in the Thrawn trilogy, personally. I know I'm gonna get some hate there for that. <laughs> but she was just like, it, it just didn't feel like her. And I think, you know, it was cool to have her become a Jedi. But when you really think about it, that's not where her passions lie. It's not a natural progression of the character no. at all. So I know some people were disappointed that that didn't happen in this new canon and the new trilogy, but she's always been in politics. She's always been an ambassador. So why would she want to be a Jedi and, like, fight? So, I mean, I've heard some rumors that we're going to see, you know, maybe a spoiler, uh, but I've heard some rumors that she's going to use the Force in The Last Jedi. Mm -hmm. That's not confirmed. That's just a rumor I heard. But I think that that makes sense. Because it does. It does. She has that, you know, passed down from her. Luke says that she has it. Mm-hmm. So we'll see. Yeah, she. Luke gets the short, or Leia gets the short end of the stick sometimes, and I, and it's it's hard because out of the three, you know, our three people in the original trilogy, Luke, Leia, Han, she to me has the most depth and the most personality. Han to me, man, I'm gonna get eviscerated in the comments for this, but <laughs> Han is the most one dimensional, like character so it, it, he's so simple and easy to write in my opinion in eu books he's like, transparent there's like, yeah there's like zero depth to han solo like he, you can read his face that know exactly what's going on but leia has just all this history and all these different awesome personality quirks and traits that go into her and she's just so interesting to read about and bloodline is the best example of Leia, I think, for me at least, in the entire canon. And I well, think she did the, have she did have pretty awesome parents. She did until she one did. of them decided to kill younglings. Yeah. Well, I mean, all four. Of, well, I don't know much about Breha, but the like Padme, Anakin, and Bale are all awesome. Mm-hmm. I love Bale. Bale, <laughs> Bale, so great. Him. Seeing him in Rogue One was just like it was lit. But so, so yeah, like Leia, Leia should never. There's a few EU books that Leia seems to be really like helpless and damselly, yeah. and that is yeah. that's horse hockey. Like it, she should never ever be damselly. Like if anyone's damselly, it's Luke and Han sometimes when Leia yeah. is saving them. Uh, but and and I think when when a writer does that, they've missed a really great opportunity. To... Yeah, and so you you just reminded me. I, I like I said, it's been years since I've read much EU, but. Just those those solo kids just always getting kidnapped. Like, jeez. <laughs> and like stealing like ATSD walkers and stuff and like infiltrating Imperial facilities. Just those crazy ridiculous. rascals. Just ridiculous. <laughs> yeah. You know, so talking about talking about Leah, it's kind of Melissa LaRusso in the group, one of the things that she had mentioned that she wanted to talk about um was Leah. Theories on how you know what do we think about that? How Lucasfilm's gonna handle her in the future? Oh, how they're gonna handle, you know, the tragic death of Carrie? How do you think they're gonna, you know, how do you think they're gonna handle that? So they they said Any they thoughts? have no plans to do the CGI. I'm a little disappointed in that um, because I like like Carrie Fisher signed on for this trilogy. She had full plans to finish it. Um, but I mean, a nine was supposed to be her episode nine movie. was going to be her movie, right? Yes. Mm-hmm. Force so. Awakens was Han. Last Jedi's Luke's. This was supposed to be her. So it's just that much more heartbreaking. Mm-hmm. So I mean, I I would be really upset if they killed her off. Like I I want her to just kind of become like more in the background. Um, but I foresee that you know with the so in the the quote unquote rumor that she's going to be injured in the last Jedi, maybe in episode nine, she's still going to be injured, but they can do like holograms of her. I think that that would be passable. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Well, like she, that's kind of like what gonna, they, they, they can't just kill her off and then have her not be in nine. In, I can't in, handle her dead in real life and in star Wars. Like I just, I can't like, I adore her. 
like both Carrie and Leia. Like, yeah, it's yeah. to me this is what Lucasfilm and all the production the production crew making these decisions. I think it is the hardest film decision to ever be made in the history of the industry. What they is what they do with Leia. Because yeah. this is this is this trilogy is going to be in dollar amounts probably the biggest one in this decade for sure. So and it's also the the three most loved movies that will be coming out in this decade. So it's just it's it's so hard. Like I, I do not envy it at all. And and I don't have the right answer. I think CGI is definitely the wrong answer. Um, you don't and have they a already, lot of they already said yeah they already said they won't do that and. Yeah. And they said that, that Carrie won't be in episode nine. Like they won't use footage. Like Kathleen straight up said that out of her own face. So, I mean, she Things can always can go change, back though. on that. She can always go back on that. And I think I think hologram would be cool. But at the same time, it would be like it'd be such a tease. And I know, like me and me and Steve argue about this all the time. But I think I think they should recast. And I know a lot of people mm. think that I know a lot of people think that it's a slap in the face to carry the is, character, but that is the most ridiculous thing you've ever said. And that I, get out. something. <laughs> I know it's unpopular, but you know, it's it's you have three options. You have you do CGI weirdness that's like not real Carrie acting, just her likeness, which I think is crazy disrespectful. You you could milk it with some footage they do have and only include her a little bit and then completely remove her arc in that episode, which I think Leia deserves to have that arc, you know? Yeah, but you They've can't, you can't recast that character. In my opinion, it's just, it's... that's that's more disrespectful, ugh, more disrespectful than going CG. Yeah. Because it's, yeah. she's she's Leia. Yeah. She you is. Know? No, she is. And, and, and trust me, I'm not saying like that's, it's the right thing to do and it would be perfect. There's no great. good choice. There's no yeah. good choice yeah. because it's, you know, so you have to try to, you know, they'll, they'll have some unused footage. They can incorporate that into it. I mean, they can't just get to episode eight and Leia's in a spacecraft. Next thing you know, it blows up. Oh yeah. Leia's gone. And then just move on and never bring her up again. They can't do that. Yeah. So there has to be some kind of a segue into nine. And I'm sure the story is going to have to change because she was going to be a major player in that movie. So, that's obviously all changed, but there's, you know, between that unused footage, a little bit of CG, maybe holograms, like Joe said, something, you know, and just have her kind of fade into a background player, but yeah. cu- cutting her out, that's not an option. I mean, not to me. And mm-hmm. I agree. Recasting it is. Um, it's, it's, it's blasphemous. And yes. I know that, <laughs> but, but to me, I think the most important thing for, and I know it's easier, like, Leia isn't one of my, like, top characters, so it's easier for me to be objective about it, or at least what I feel is objective about it, which is the story, like, that character's story instead of the actress. I, it's still, it's rough, man. Like, it, it, it's a hard decision. There's no right answer, but that's, to me, what I would do, is I would recap. I would make sure everyone's on board with it. Like, bring, bring Carrie Fisher's people in and be like, look, this is what we want to do. But we want to make sure you guys are okay with it. And well, the brother said, didn't he say that he'd be down with them using other footage or CG? Stuff? Yeah, he came out. He came out and said like that they could use her likeness and that they would be using unused footage yeah. from eight and nine. And then Kathleen Kennedy was like, like, "No, nope. he's mistaken." <laughs> yeah. Oh, okay. Well, he, he probably shouldn't have said that. He yeah. seems kind of like an oddball, and I really don't trust. What yeah, that dude shows up to a to a party with a tuxedo, and he's always wearing a, a hat. <laughs> well, and like I don't know if you guys saw that that footage recently of of um, he was promoting the auction of Debbie Reynolds and Carrie Fisher's estate. Yeah, he seemed a little too happy, and even like the day after his mom died, he was like, "Oh, you know, they were so closely tied together," and did it. Like he seemed a little too happy. Yeah, I don't know. I'm I'm just. I'm protective of, of Carrie and Leia. <laughs> I mean, he might he might just be trying to make lemonade, you know. So he well, so he's, he's going to make a lot of lemonade in his bank account. If, you know, <laughs> that's true. So and Maybe and I throw us a couple lemons. Yeah, man. I, I just hope I just hope they do it right. And, and I don't know what right is until I see it. You know, it's just yeah. 
I'm, I'm, Don't I'm worry. At a loss for when we see on. it, somebody will say it's wrong, even if it's not us. Well, that's the thing. Two thirds <laughs> of two thirds of the fandom is going to disagree with whatever they do, because one third wants the recast, one third wants them to use CGI, one third wants them to just change the story. So it's well, going to be changing the story. Well, yeah, that's yeah, that's happening for yeah. sure. But man, it's just going to be. It's a it, hard decision. Yeah, it, I, I do not envy. envy no. Yeah, <laughs> jinx. Yeah. So as Kathleen, far as th- theories and ideas, we we have ideas, but who the heck knows? You know, I. You know, you ask ten people, you'll probably get eight different ideas. You know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What to they, do? You so. know, they they do have a lot of audio for her. So they do. Um, I mean, even just from her books, and um, you know, her her narrating her audio books. So there's that, and I know that they can manipulate that so we could have her voice mm-hmm. there and that's why i went with the the hologram option but i i definitely think something's going to happen you know the, the resistance needs to pass it, it needs to change hands eventually mm-hmm. um and i i think that it's going to be poe i think poe is going to carry carry the torch what is going on there, Joanna? Is that thunder? Is your yeah. cat bowling right now? No, it's uh, storms moving in. So, Good oh, grief. there's yeah. a storm coming, Annie. Better get home quick. <laughs> oh, that lady recently <laughs> died. I know. I love her so. Every time there's a storm, I- I'd say that to myself. I'm like, there's a storm <laughs> coming, Annie. You- you'll never make it in time. No, so uh, yeah, it's it's gonna be. I'm kind of thinking in my head with different options they could do story wise. Because there's going to be a novelization of episode nine. So there's more stuff you can flesh out with Leia's section through text because you literally yes. can't on screen. So so the, they might be able to do kind of like a Snoke thing where, you know, she's in the background. She comes up on hologram. She's controlling stuff from like another planet. But like mm-hmm. Poe is on the front lines. Or maybe yeah. they hand off the reins to Poe. Like Oscar Isaacs went from getting killed off in the first 10 minutes to possibly being a, one of the most important people in episode nine. And being one of my favorite characters. Oh, I love him so much. I do too. Um, <sighs> Poe Dameron. Is it okay if we kind of go on a Poe conversation really quick? We can go Poe. Okay. So, so long as it doesn't involve him and Finn. <laughs> oh God. Hey, you know, they're friends. That's it. They're ba- they're or who buddies. knows? But um, as of I, right now, so that's it. <laughs> I I posted this in in Vampire um, Galactic Vampire for those of you listening who are ladies and want a all female Star Wars group. Um, this is kind of a duh to me, but you know I I really go through everything with a fine tooth comb. But mm-hmm. um, I I posted like okay, it seems obvious that that Poe and Kylo know each other. Um, and they've known each other just because in, in the first few minutes of, of The Force Awakens, he gets captured by Kylo and everyone's just like freaking out. You know, the village is burning down and he's like, huh, who talks first? Who talks first? <laughs> I talk first. He's like, I can't hear you with that map. So he's mocking him, this yeah. guy. Like, that's not something that, you know, you just do. Like, you wouldn't really do that to Vader if he captured you. Oh, um, no. And I mean, additionally, like, you know, Poe grew up. Kylo Ren's a punk. (laughs) Poe grew up in the rebellion. Like his parents fought with the rebellion. He was like a few years old by the time that the empire fell. And then there's Leia and Han. They have little Ben. So I there's probably just like this crew of like new new um, Republic rebellion rats kids who mm-hmm. hang out with each other and i i theorize like maybe you know ben kind of sucked like he wasn't maybe he wasn't a good pilot he was emotional whiny <laughs> and leia kind of favorited poe because poe was just like really enthusiastic about what they were doing and maybe there's some jealousy there um so wh- what do you guys think do, do you guys think that they knew each other i've never thought about that joe uh, well, but didn't he say? Didn't he say you're, you're the pilot? You're the pilot we've been looking I for. Like, I didn't oh, know no, we had like, the grit. I didn't know we had the best pilot in the resistance on board. He yeah. knew him by reputation, if nothing else. Yeah, yeah, he did. 
He knew he knew his reputation. So he uh I think that would uh, be, that'd be uh, really pose cool just, if they knew each other. Pose the the new Han Solo. He's just gonna be the sarcastic Yeah, but funny guy. So, you know, but I, mean, I, I don't also, want him to be the new Han Solo. I want something different than Han Solo. I want him to be Poe. He just yeah, wants to be Poe. Yeah. Because um, Finn is Finn. Ray yeah. is very Ray. And then Poe is Poe. Like they're totally their their characteristics are so different from the OT characters, which is what I like. Yeah, yeah but Poe has a lot of he's sarcastic. I mean he's definitely more serious minded than than Solo, but in that they vein, both have great, great uh fashion sense, Han Solo and Poe. Like they dress yeah. well. And good sense Tussled of humor. Hair. <laughs> um but i mean with, dreamy with eyes that, with yes with <sighs> yeah that uh that line of oh the best pilot in the resistance i mean what if leia calls him that and you know ben kylo is salty about it i, yeah. I just think they have to know each other so well he does have that mm. special edition black tie fight uh x-wing maybe that's reserved for the for the best pilot yeah. in the resistance um, mm. Oh, I'm, I'm blanking on their name, but someone brought up like, uh, and I didn't know this because I haven't read, um, uh, what is it? It's, it's one of the younger readers, like, it's that three story, um, like with Poe, Finn, and Ray, like kind of like their journey, journey, journey to, to the, the Force, Force Awakens. Awakens. Yes. Thank yeah, you. that's the, I know what you're talking about. Yeah. But she said, oh yeah, Poe's mom died when he was six or seven. And... Um, yeah, sorry, spoiler, but I was just like, oh, I didn't know that. And she said, oh, his father's distant. And I was like, huh, what if, you know, there's, again, these resistance rebellion little kids who maybe were um, orphaned. And maybe, you know, Leia kind of took Poe in, or at least kind of like helped raise him in a sense, or like was kind of like an adjacent parent. I maybe mean, it pissed off Kylo. Yeah, like Poe Poe's idols are um, Leia and um, oh, who's the other one? I'm blanking. But is he, it Wedge? Uh, is he no Wedge? He's got to know Wedge if he's a pilot. I would think so. In in the aftermath trilogy, like Wedge leads the new. Um, he's the he's the instructor of the school. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So he. But he he like idolizes Leia, yeah. So I really want to see more background on that. But I think they just gotta know each other. Why isn't Poe Dameron in Bloodline? Did that irk you when you read it? Like that he's not there at all. He you know he could be. You it wasn't know, about in, that. In, in in the very end when Leia gathers her people. Yeah. He maybe he was present. I don't know. Yeah, he definitely, he, there's still room there for him to be one of those pilots, but like, man, someone with his reputation and like, a, a character that people love so much, why wouldn't they have just, you know, thrown that that in there as like a little Easter egg, like, oh, and Poe Dan, like, hey, I'm Poe, like, nice to meet you, whatever. like, a, just a fun little Easter egg. I mean, I, like, could've... why? Uh, maybe he's off doing something else and they specifically didn't include him in there. Because Claudia Gray loves Poe Dameron. Mm-hmm. I've heard her talk about him. So yeah. like I don't know why they must have they must have told her that he or, couldn't have he couldn't be there. Or I don't know. That's yeah. just a weird omission, right? Doesn't Maybe that... they're saving him for Journey to Poe Dameron. <laughs> episode episode 9 Poe Dameron. The Poe Dameron standalone. The Poe Dameron. Poe Dameron stands there biting his lip with his hair blowing in the wind <laughs> Poe Dameron 2 hours. I would watch that. Jacket. <laughs> Oh man, it fits you. <laughs> oh, I love that. Um, I love that scene so much. Yeah, so I I can't wait to see more of these like interpersonal relationships with the new big three, um, as as we uh, as we move into this next trilogy. Mm-hmm. So, anyway, I don't disagree. Yeah, that's a, I think we just got some good speculation in there. That's some good good theorizing. That would be so cool if Kylo and Poe had like this skirmish history. Mm-hmm. This rivalry. Yeah. I mean, just just that that interaction. Like they gotta know each other. I mean, just. I mean, you don't just go. Oh, I can't hear you with all this to like someone who's trying to kill you. 
who you don't know. <laughs> so. All right. Well, I think uh, I think we've covered a lot. Um, I think it's a good place to stop. Unfortunately, we didn't get to everyone's comments. All those people that, that contributed, we'll we'll save those, and that's stuff we definitely want to talk about. So um, keep keep giving us feedback, and we really appreciate it. Everything you guys say and in your interest. So thank you very much. Yes. Yeah, we'll keep we'll keep posting stuff in the group and trying to pull some things out of it. Um, don't forget to check out www.taoswf. It'll have links to the the Alliance of Star Wars Fanatics Facebook group, our Twitter, which is at TAOSWF, uh, Instagram, all that stuff, podcast. Um, Daniel, you got any closing thoughts? Um, no, I, I really don't. I'm just excited. I got I got a new lightsaber coming in the mail this afternoon, so mm-hmm. that's gonna be pretty. That's gonna be pretty rad. Nice. So unbox that thing. I might do a video, post it on the page. We'll see. Sweet. You should absolutely. Mm-hmm. Joanna, anything you want to uh, close out with? Oh, it was it was really fun talking to you guys. I feel like we covered a lot of ground today. And I look forward oh, to yeah. doing it again. I know we for never sure. talk. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously, like for anyone listening, like I talk to these guys like all day, every day. Mm-hmm. It's I love it. We're that yeah. we're that entertaining. Yeah, I think <laughs> I think Steve's going to be in my wedding. <laughs> he should be. Uh, you gotta, find a, be. you gotta find a lady first. He should be the MC. Oh, that's true. I'm getting I'm putting the cart way ahead of the horse. <laughs> yes, you are. Yeah. Steve's uh, gonna be the, your wedding singer. <laughs> oh Don't now I would that. I would pay him to do that. I would I would love that. I'd I'd probably be the only one that liked it, but <laughs> I think oh, he's I great. think it would be a bigger hit than you might think. He's yeah. super entertaining. So he over is. the top. He's like a shorter Chris Farley. <laughs> Oh man! And paler, Chris Farley. Uh, Joanna, why don't you plug your Fempire group so people know where to find uh, it? Yeah, so it's Galactic you know, you know the, the group that you won't let me in. That's no, cool. sorry, it's it's for women. Anyone who is, identifies as a woman, uh, we're super inclusive. It's run very similarly like Towswift, um, but it's just ladies only. It's just a safe place. So mm-hmm. check it out. Yes, Daniel's not in there, so it's a very safe place. <laughs> Oh come Thank on, man! Goodness, yeesh. <laughs> well, uh, that just about wraps it up. I want to, for anybody that's listening, you should definitely check out a couple of other podcasts: Blue Harvest, Haas, Burkhart, and Will Witten, uh, Johnny Steve's Grasso over at on Rogue there. One. Um, be on uh, Blue Harvest, right? Yeah, Steve is on the episode that was just released today. That recorded last night. Um, now this is podcasting those guys uh, over at making Star Wars have some good shows so uh, definitely check them out there's plenty of time and people's commutes and stuff to listen to all kinds of different stuff so um, those guys are ones I listen to so um, check them out if you haven't already and um, I guess that's it from us we'll uh, check you out next time yeah thanks for listening guys see you later Thank you for listening to The Voice of the Alliance. Please check out www.taoswf.com for a link to all of our social media accounts. Come back again.